Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of June 10th through the 12th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Apologies for the super late episode this week again coming out on Friday. Uh, you know, I've been super busy at work. I'm taking a long weekend this weekend, actually, uh, visiting my folks down in Florida uh, for Father's Day, as well as also the Juneteenth holiday here in the States. So I needed to front load all of my uh, work at my day job uh, to be done by Thursday night, which is when I'm recording this. Um, so wasn't able to get to this before now. Um, as a result, we'll try to keep this episode pretty brief uh, since I need to still pack. Um, but we'll start off the news with uh, Jurassic World's debut. Uh, In first place this weekend, Jurassic World Dominion, the third Jurassic World film from Universal, uh, second trilogy, uh, stomped into the box office with $145 million in 4,676 theaters, per theater average of $31,000 or so. That is the second highest opening of the year so far domestically behind Doctor Strange and ahead of Batman and Top Gun Maverick. A global box office was equally colossal with 175 made overseas, which in addition to some early releases in some markets, uh, puts its overseas total at $244 million as of Sunday uh, and its Sunday total in the high 380s. Um, now, after the lukewarm reception you know, from critics early on um, at 30, 30% Rotten Tomatoes, um, some were forecasting that the opening would be reduced uh, down to maybe 125 million or so. Um, however, the general audience seems to like it well enough, with a 78% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and an A minus cinema score, proving that people uh, just really like dinosaurs. The original cast coming back as well, particularly Jeff Goldblum, who I'm told is exceptional, probably didn't hurt with the nostalgia factor. Notably on the global side of things, uh, China actually came back with a $53 million opening for the film, uh, with the next closest this weekend being only $14 million. So this is the best weekend for the country in, what, three months or so, uh, all off of the back of Jurassic World. And this is all without Shanghai cinemas being open again. Um, Also interesting to note, about 25% of global sales for Jurassic World were in the premium format, including uh, 3D, uh, which may be a way, I think, for theaters to Trojan horse and reacclimate re- audiences for a mostly, frankly, dead technology at this point, ahead of Avatar 2 coming out later this year. So as far as how this stacks up historically, what we can expect from Jurassic World Dominion, it is the lowest opening of the of the new trilogy, um, but only by about three million or so off of the Fallen Kingdom's opening, which had much lower audience score of forty eight million on Rotten Tomatoes. That one topped out at four seventeen million domestic and a two point eight x multiplier, one point three billion worldwide. Um, I think a billion is still possible for this Jurassic World film, uh, despite China being somewhat handicapped. Uh, you know, it made two hundred sixty one million on the last film. And then Russia is also off the table for the time being, 19 million for for Fallen Kingdom. Um, domestically, a 2.5x multiplier would put this one at 360 million or so. Meanwhile, a 2.8x multiplier like Fallen Kingdom would put this at just about 406 million, um, which seems about right or so. Now, second place goes to uh, Top Gun Maverick in its third weekend, uh, making $51.8 million in 4262 theaters for a 42% drop and a per theater average of $12.1,000. Domestic total as of Sunday was 395.2 million domestic, 352 million overseas for 748 million worldwide, hitting that 700 million dollar mark. However, earlier this week, uh, since I am recording late, it actually did cross that 400 million dollar mark domestically, and is now the highest grossing film domestically 
and even beat out Doctor Strange to be the first film uh, post pandemic uh, for this year to do so. Um, so you know, congrats to the uh, the Top Gun team there. I think the consensus is that this one will probably hit a billion worldwide, which would be Tom Cruise's first ever uh, film as well as his highest grossing film. Obviously, um, I believe it's set to open in South Korea, which is a huge Tom Cruise market next weekend, and Father's Day this weekend, of course, would give it a boost. Um, it would be pretty poetic, actually, given kind of like the pace it's on to maybe hit a billion dollars around maybe July 4th or so. Uh, hopefully they get the IMAX re-release. I definitely want to see this one again in theaters in IMAX. Uh, third place is the aforementioned Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, making $5.2 million in 3,345 theaters for per theater average of 1,559. It ended the week at $398 million domestic, and it did also join the $400 million club over this week, though, again, in second place to Top Gun. Um, so far, it has made $535 million overseas, putting it $935 million or so worldwide as of Sunday. Uh, looks like Looking like it's losing steam, it probably won't hit that billion-dollar mark, maybe $960, $970 million or so by the end of it all. Uh, fourth place uh, went to The Bad Guys, which is the de facto uh, animated kids film out right now with 2.5 million, 24% drop in 2,416 theaters for per theater average of uh, $1,049 and a domestic total of $91.8 million. With another $138 million overseas, it's sitting at $231 million worldwide. I have a feeling uh, with Lightyear coming out this, this week, it's going to drop down the charts quickly after this weekend, um, but a 3.88x multiplier after 8 weeks and a $70 million production budget, these numbers are definitely a success, I think, for DreamWorks. Uh, fifth place went to Bob's Burger, uh, dropping 47% to $2.4 million in 2,605 theaters, or per theater average of $9.47. The metric total sits at $27.2 million, or about $30 million worldwide. Nothing else really worth reporting here. This one's kind of a flop, unfortunately. Um, definitely, I think, mostly a content play for Disney that you know, is, is just an unfortunate uh, circumstance for, for this film. Outside the top five, Downton Abbey sits at number six, uh, 40 million domestic, 86 million worldwide. Not bad for having a 40 million production budget. Um, let's see, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, despite being on VOD and doing really well on the charts, I might add, uh, hangs in there at number seven with 1.3 million, a 35% drop in week 12, 63 million at the at the domestic box office. Um, it also got some international numbers in, and it is officially uh, at 83 million globally, becoming a, uh, A24's highest grossing film worldwide ever, beating out Hereditary, which made about $80 million or so. Uh, number eight, uh, bizarrely enough, we had that Stephen King adaptation uh, with Zac Efron in it, Firestarter, uh, in number eight, having, having a surge of 733% versus last week to $833,000 uh, in 150 locations and the per theater average of $5,556. Um, seems pretty odd. However, if you dig into it a little bit more, it looks like it was actually double billed um, as, as, bill as a double feature uh, with another universal film that came out this week, Jurassic World, for drive-in theaters. So really, this is a case where Jurassic World really boosted this one up. Um, maybe people stuck around to watch it, maybe not, but they definitely paid for it. So that's all that matters for the bean counters over there. Um, over on the limited release side of things, uh, for Korea's uh, current top film, uh, The Roundup, has a 491 4,991 per theater average uh, in about 20 theaters or so here. Um, 90, uh, and then Phil Tippett's 30-year-in-the-work stop-motion animated film, Mad God, was released in two theaters for per theater average of $4,208. Uh, meanwhile, for movies closing, Morbius ends its run at $73.8 million, and The Batman ends at $369.3 million. 
Uh, overall total box office, box office this weekend was 214.3 million, the third time since COVID started here in the States that it's hit $200 million. Um, the other two times, of course, being uh, Doctor Strange as well as, of course, Spider Man No Way Home. Uh, this is actually a bigger weekend than uh, the equivalent weekend of 2019. So I'd say the recovery is pretty going well. I think the equivalent weekend this uh, couple years back was Men in Black 3 coming out. Um, anyway, there's a good chance that June could be the first billion dollar box office month since 2019, though, of course, nothing is guaranteed. We'll have to see how Lightyear, Elvis, Black Phone, and, and the like do. Um, anyway, this coming weekend, we have, as I mentioned, Pixar uh, returning to the box office after being Disney Plus exclusive for a while, uh, Lightyear coming out. Now, early reviews seem to be more on the car side of, of Pixar's repertoire as opposed to, say, Inside Out, uh, leading box office pros to forecast it at $85 million, uh, while Deadline has it, uh, they tend to lowball uh, 75 to $85 million domestic um, and $135 million worldwide. So if this were to pass, this would be my first film that I predicted earlier on that would be a $100 million opener that would not come to pass. However, I think it's still set to at least make $100 million. Um, however, you know, 2015, 2018, when the last two Jurassic films came out, a Pixar film came out the week after, uh, Inside Out and Incredibles 2, respectively. Um, so maybe these two films can be seen as complementary for each other, and, you know, maybe parents want to bring their kids to an animated film that's not bad guys that they've probably seen at this point. Uh, regardless, that, that all remains to be seen. Scene, and we'll also see how well Father's Day and the new federal holiday of Juneteenth impacts viewing habits this weekend. Now, where Lightyear won't be seen is in China, as well as the Middle East, at, because, as with Doctor Strange, uh, there's LGBT representation in this film. I believe it is an on-screen uh, kiss between two women that is leading Disney to the, the leading those countries to blacklist these films as they did uh, with Doctor Strange. Um, so yeah, not going to be seen in those regions. Um, in other international news, though, uh, Sonic is now at 398.8 million worldwide, just about to hit 400 million. Japan is still set to open in August, so that's what puts it over the edge there. Um, also in Japan, speaking of Japan, uh, the new Dragon Ball Super Hero Super movie, subtitled Superhero, opened at number one this weekend at 4.96 million US dollars, which is actually just barely a million yen, um, actually less than eight thousand uh, dollars, separating it from the number two film, the third weekend of Top Gun. Um, pretty decent opening for uh, you know considering it's a, a Dragon Ball film, though it is down from recent Dragon uh, Ball films. Um, this one had the benefit; those films had the benefit of the holiday golden week weekend uh, this this film in particular was delayed about two months or so because uh the, the releasing company toei was actually hacked so they had to deal with that before they could release the film still uh this opening is good for the seventh best opening of the year so far in japan as well as the seventh best best june opening ever uh, i believe Crunchyroll is set to have it out here in the states in august uh, in terms of other releases coming stateside, uh, we do have some news to go over. Uh, next month is apparently the 15th anniversary of the original Michael Bay Transformers film. I know, I know, you, when you hear that, you just feel you're getting old. Anyway, that means that they're doing a 15th anniversary uh, screening in theaters this coming July. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is set to swing back into theaters on September over Labor Day weekend, um, which I think gen I think right now is pretty, the September period is pretty lax in terms of films releasing, um, but they're coming out with a quote-unquote uh, more fun stuff version uh, with additional and extended scenes, so we'll see if they're able to push to that $2 billion range for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, there was no date yet for this one, but Netflix announced the title of that Knives Out sequel of theirs that they presumably will be putting out in theaters with a with a theatrical window and all that. It's going to be called Glass Onion, which is apparently a, a reference to a Beatles song. 
Anyway, we also got some more movie production news. Apparently, Joker 2 is shaping up to be a musical, and they're trying to cast Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn. I mean, I'm game to do it if they they do something interesting with it. I mean, look at the Barbie movie, right? We're all excited with Simu Liu and Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling with pictures of Ryan Gosling coming out as Ken, so that's definitely going to be a fun one. Um, anyway, uh, leaving in, in another film, uh, leave, first off of leaving the Fast and Furious saga, uh, Justin Lin has been tapped to direct a live-action adaptation of the popular manga and anime One Punch Man. I know one bald tough guy who's probably not going to get the role of Saitama. Um, in addition, though, to Justin Lin, the writing and producing team seem to be the same team behind Venom, so make of that what you will, quality-wise. Um, we also got news about the third Paddington movie, which is now called Paddington in Peru. It's going to be directed by Douglas D- uh, Dougal Wil- Wilson, who is mostly known for commercial and video work, um, But th- so this will be his directorial debut, actually. Uh, former director Paul King is still attached as a writer and producer, um, while he is now working on directing the Timothy Salome-led uh, Willy Wonka movie. Now, on the Disney side of things, you know, they have also greenlit a Thunderbolts movie, um, directed by Jake Schreier, who is most known for directing the uh, film Paper Towns from 2015, as well as some Kanye and Kendrick Lamar music videos. Um, this one's going to be written by Eric Pearson, who wrote the Black Widow movie. Uh, not much else is known right now, uh, though based on the comments, we can probably guess that there's going to be a less gory version of, the su- of DC's Suicide Squad, with anti-hero-type characters doing some dirty work for some government agency, including probably, you know, Yelena from the Black Widow, um, U.S. Agent, Winter Soldier, The Abomination, Taskmaster, and Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp, potentially more. Um, uh, no clue what they're going to do with the eponymous Thunderbolt Ross, who the team is named after, as MCU actor William Hurt, who previously portrayed Ross, has recently passed away. Uh, also on the Disney side, some uh, somewhat shocking news for in- Inside Baseball, uh, with popular executive Peter Rice being uh, kind of uh, 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 ex- execution-styled fired uh, by Bob Chapek for unclear reasons, quote-unquote cultural fit reasons. Um, there's speculation that Rice, who was rather popular among the rank-and-file Disney employees um, and who had served as chairman of entertainment and programming, um, was seen by Chapek as a potential rival or successor who he didn't really want. Um and, you know, this is a lot of people were really shocked, especially with the way he was fired when that, you know, he wasn't said, oh, I'm moving on to new ventures or whatever. He was just called in and, and kind of fired um, without really an option for a production deal or giving a cover story or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty shocking. And talk, talk that up into another one of the bad decisions that Sapek's made. Um, we'll see if the Disney board continues to support uh, Sapek. Apparently, his contract is due in nine months. Um, the board has stated they have his support, though. We'll see where that ends up landing. Uh, so that don't end on this episode on some negative news. Uh, to end, you know, a little bit more positive. Global box office for May hit 2.3 billion dollars, up 28 percent from April with 1.8 billion. That's the second best month uh, of the pandemic globally since January 2020, which is probably due to the U.S. market not being affected by the box office until March or so. Um, so yeah, so, so for box office fans like myself, the worst is for sure behind us right now, and we're looking at a well on the way to recovery with uh, the rest of June and July at least. And with that, I think that's a wrap for this episode. Suit me ideas for I should cover via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com, Twitter, B.O. Watch Podcast. Or show us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe and review or tell a movie you love and friend any of that helps. Consider supporting us on Patreon. Links to that in the show notes. Uh, numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com. Intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. His stuff at incompetent.music.io. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. Happy Father's Day in advance to all the fathers out there. And remember, our watch goes on. Thank you.